This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. darling girl, when are you going to realize that being normal is not necessarily a virtue? It rather denotes a lack of courage. It's practical magic, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film Is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. We have most of our segments. We do not have a guess who this week, but we have everything else and lots to talk about in this wonderful first episode of our spooky season spectacular. We're going to try something a little different now for the summary this time. Uh, normally, we read both the summary for the book and the movie if they're different enough. Sometimes we just do one if they're similar enough. Kind of realize that maybe reading the book summary might spoil kind of some of my questions and stuff and discussion later. So we're going to try this now and, and only do the movie summary. So that way you have at least some grounding if you have never read or watched this uh, for kind of what happens. And then you can kind of find out where the differences lie as we go through the main episode. Let us know what you think of just ha reading the summary of the movie. Uh, also, you can just skip all of this if you want by going to this time code. 524. But if you do like uh, this kind of idea of just doing the movie, let us know. We're going to try it because it seems to make sense to us. Anyways, here's the summary for the movie. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Here is the summary of the movie sourced from Wikipedia. In a small Massachusetts town, the Owens family has been regarded with suspicion for over three centuries due to their ancestor, Maria Owens, who survived an execution attempt for witchcraft. Heartbroken when the father of her unborn child never returned. Maria casts a spell, or sorry, heartbroken when the un, father of her unborn child never returns to her. Maria casts a spell to prevent herself from ever falling in love again. The spell developed into a curse upon Maria's descendants, dooming any man in Owen's woman loves, dooming any man in Owen's woman loves. In the present, Jillian and Sally Owens are taken in by their aunts, Frances and Jet, after both their parents succumb to the Owens curse. As children, Sally and Jillian are frequently ridiculed by the town's schoolchildren. After wit witnessing their aunt cast a love spell for a woman obsessed with her beloved, Sally casts a spell on herself to ensure that she will only fall in love with a man who possesses certain impossible traits, with the goal that she will never fall in love. Meanwhile, Jillian, witnessing the same incident, cannot wait to fall in love. When the girls are teens, Jillian elopes with her boyfriend and leaves for Los Angeles. Before Jillian departs, she and Sally make a blood spell to always be faithful to one another. Jillian spends the next decade uh, moving from relationship to relationship across the country while back in Massachusetts. Sally meets and marries a man named Michael. The two have two young daughters, Kylie and, Kylie and Antonia. After Michael is fatally hit, fatally hit by a truck, Sally and her daughters return to live with the ants. Realizing that the ants secretly cast a love spell on her so that she could marry and be happy, Sally says the ants will never teach her daughters magic. Jillian unexpectedly tells Sally that she has become involved with a dangerously abusive man named Jimmy Angelov. When Sally arrives to rescue her sister, Jimmy holds them both hostage in his car. Sally puts Belladonna into Jimmy's tequila to sedate him, but inadvertently kills him instead. 
The sister takes his body back to the ant's house where they attempt to resurrect him using a forbidden spell, which causes him to return and attack Jillian. Sally kills him again and the sisters bury his remains in the garden. State investigator Gary Hallett arrives from Tucson, Arizona, in search of Jimmy, who is also a serial killer. Sally breaks down and confesses to Gary, only to realize he is the impossible man from her childhood love spell. Unable to deny their attraction, they kiss. Returning home, Sally discovers that Jimmy's spirit has possessed Jillian's body. Gary sees Jimmy's spirit emerge from Gillian, and then Jimmy tries to possess Gary, but is turned away by his silver badge. Sally tells Gary that he is there because of her spell that she cast as a child and that the feelings they have for each other are not real and that the family curse will ultimately kill him if they pursue a relationship. Gary replies that curses only work if one believes in them before returning to Tucson. Jimmy possesses Jillian again and tries killing Sally before Francis and Jet return, realizing she must embrace magic to save her sister. Sally asks the aid of the townswomen and they form a coven to exorcise Jimmy's spirit. They break the Owens curse, exorcising Jimmy's spirit and allowing the coven to exile him permanently. Permanently. In Tucson, Gary clears the stepsisters of any suspicion in Jimmy's case and returns to Massachusetts to be with Sally. The Owens women are finally welcomed into the community by the townsfolk, who now accept them as witches. There's your summary. Let's get into it. I have lots of questions in. Was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? Alright, so the movie opens up. Uh, we actually start on a flashback, or back in time. Uh, I guess it's not a flashback at this point, because we haven't really established... No, it is, because we get a narration from current time. Kind of, or actually, we get a flashback, or we get a narration from not even current time, depending on what you consider. Yeah. <laughs> we get we get narration from uh, when our two main characters are little kids, their aunts um, recalling the story of their family to them. And uh, we're, they're explaining the story of Maria Owens, who is their ancestor... And in the opening of the film, we get this scene play out where she is being hung by, uh, by I call them pilgrims. I have a, I don't know, have a better <laughs> term for what they are. Uh, they look like pilgrims, but, you know, it's like the Salem yeah. Witch Trials kind of deal, uh, except they're hanging her and she ends up surviving this hanging uh, via magic and, and gets away. And they're all like, all right, fine, just go live over there, you weirdo. Uh, and I wanted to know if that's how the book opens, because I thought that was I thought I liked opening on that kind of dramatic mm -hmm. historical piece. So their ancestor, Maria, is from the book, and we do eventually learn what her backstory is, but it is not nearly as dramatic as an escaped execution. Okay. Basically, in the book, she is a single woman with a child, very scandalous, uh, yeah. who eventually is spurned by her married lover. Everyone does think that she's a witch, but there's no uh, attempt to hang her for it. That, the by book. the way, that is the other half of, that I didn't mention in the movie. She does is pregnant and her, yes. her yeah. lover does not return. And that is why she cast the spell. But yeah. yeah, I didn't mention that part. I liked the movie's decision to make this change, though. I think it works well with at least the general perception of that period of right, history. Yes. Um, and I also like the decision to open with the backstory. I think it does a good job of like setting the mood for the rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought it was a very engaging opening. Mm -hmm. uh, well, speaking of her, she then puts, uh, well, actually, yes, she then casts a spell uh, because her lover does not return that she will never fall in love again. Uh, and then this Maria Owens character, or their ancestor, and then this sort of uh, morphs into a curse uh, on her entire lineage that basically kills any men who fall in love with Owens women, uh, kind of as a weird, you know, 
uh, monkey's paw version of the mm-hmm. of her the spell she casts on herself to keep herself from falling in love. And I wanted to know if that 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 ancient curse from the ancestor is that that kills Owen's men, Owen's men, Owen men, whatever. Uh, if that comes from the book, I don't recall there being a curse in the book. I felt like I was second guessing myself after as I was trying to answer your questions. Interesting. Okay, but I don't think there was a curse in the book and i was flipping I back mean, through very and i couldn't mentioned yeah. a lot of times in the movie and i couldn't find anything about it so i don't think that's from the book i'm happy to be corrected by Is maybe the, someone who's read it more than i have i i didn't mention it or i didn't include this in my question is there anything with the death beetle thing or whatever the death yes. watch what is that in the book what how is that brought up um it's it comes up in the same way with Sally's husband. Okay. But it's not like a recurring thing. Does it mention before that or at all? Or? I don't think so. Okay. That would, that would surprise me to, for it not to have been in the book. Cause it seemed, it seems so critical to kind of the entire story, but it, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's, I, I'm not saying I just, it would surprise me for that. Not that's one where that really felt like something that definitely would have come from the book. Uh, so that'd be interesting if it, if it, if, yeah, for it not to have. Um, is that why then, uh, so in the, in the film, uh, Sally and Jillian are two main characters played by Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock in the film. They live with their, their two witch aunts because their mom died of a broken heart after her husband, their father died because of the curse. So do they end up living with their aunts? They do come to live with the aunts because their parents died. Um, but they they died at the same time in a fire. Okay, so a different story, yeah. Because yeah. in the in the film, it's definitely the husband dies because of the curse, and then they say the mom dies because of like a broken heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. They go into detail, but um, okay, so definitely different. So that because that 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 lends at least more credence to the idea that maybe there's not a curse because of them both dying at the same time in a fire could still be a curse, but it's not. The movie's version is very explicitly like the yeah, husband the dies husband because of dies. this curse. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, so then a thing that I, I don't know if I was expecting in this movie, and we don't get a ton of it, but uh, because in the trailer and stuff, you pretty much only see, you know, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman uh, as adults. Uh, we actually spend a little bit of time seeing their characters, uh, Sally and Jillian, as children mm-hmm. and seeing them kind of grow up as young witches. And I wanted to know if the book kind of follows that same narrative structure of kind of going through their whole lives. Yeah, their childhood and adolescence covers a good chunk of the book um and the movie is not far off from what's in the book there's just obviously a lot more of it right that makes sense uh so one of the things we learned about sally very quickly from a very young age because of what happened to her uh her mom and her dad she is terrified of falling in love doesn't want to fall in love and jillian uh despite this desperately likes the idea of being in love uh, and they kind of voice this after they see their aunts cast a love spell. And Sally's like, I don't ever want to be in love. And Jillian's like, I can't wait. Is that a similar dynamic? Does that dynamic come from the book? Uh, to me, it read more like neither of them wanted to fall in love in mm, that moment. Because okay. they do witness like the very grisly love spell with the dove. Um, and they're, they have witnessed previously like all of these desperate women who come to their aunts seeking magical cures for their love-based problems yeah so both of them are kind of like Ugh, no um but sally maintains that more as she grows up than jillian does i thought that was a, uh, i thought that i liked it in the film that they kind of had those opposite perspectives even from a young age because it does it it helps it kind of you know 
it, it at least clarifies the path that they end up on the both of them mm-hmm. and how different they are even from a young age where Jillian goes and becomes this, you know, free spirit jumping from relationship to relationship and kind of always in search of love, whereas Sally is very much the opposite of that. Which I thought was interesting, and yeah, I think kind of sparking that or starting that from a young age made sense in the film. But I, I, I think it the way the book doesn't works fine too. So then, because Sally doesn't ever want to fall in love, she decides she's going to cast a spell on herself uh, that will keep her basically keep her from being able to fall in love because she's she says that her one true love will be this man, and she describes this man that is one green eye, one blue eye. He's like his favorite uh, favorite shape is a star. He can flip pancakes in the air, like all these like random things mm-hmm. with the thought, her thought being that this is an, nobody has all these specific yeah, features. An, an impossible man. An impossible man. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I can uh, ride the horse backwards. I will never fall in love because this man doesn't exist. So if I cast a spell, like it basically means I won't ever have to mm-hmm. fall in love and thus I won't lose anybody. Yeah. Does that come from the book? Because I thought that was fun. This is not from the book, but I did like that change, uh, especially because the part where Sally and Gary are like destined soulmates Mm -hmm. is from the book. Okay. So I think that this backstory helps explain that part a little bit more. Is there any explanation as to like why they're soulmates or is it just like the vague concept of like destiny? Fate. Interesting. Yeah, no, I like that a lot in the film. I thought that was fun that like, Mm -hmm. and especially the like, piecing together the mystery that this guy is yeah for sure this as like we learn more and more about him and he's like kind of reveals all these little details about himself uh that like fall in line in kind of weird ways with the the spell that she cast i thought that was fun i liked that a lot uh, so then we move forward in time quite a bit and uh they're adolescents at this point and uh, Jillian runs away in the middle of the night to like elope with some guy. And then Sally's still at home because she's kind of, again, she's like the homebody who doesn't want to fall in love. Uh, I suppose maybe I assume they're supposed to be like, you know, 18 or something. And Sally and her aunts are discussing Jillian's love life as they're walking through town. And one of the aunts says, or I think Sally says, she's just going through these guys. And one of the aunts responds by saying, hopefully someday she'll find a guy who goes through her. <laughs> and that line <laughs> got me. And I wanted to know if it came from the book. I don't recall that being from the book. Uh, I was not able to get my hands on an ebook copy this time oh. so that I could search for particular lines. But I do think I would have remembered. I that think one. you would remember that one. That's a great line. Fantastic. Uh, so then we find out uh, we move forward uh, in time. Sally is now older and she meets a man, falls in love. Uh, a guy named Michael who lives in the town that they're in falls in love with him. They ended up getting married. They have two kids together and then he gets hit by a, a truck and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after he dies, she goes home to live with her aunts and they reveal to her that when she was young, and I think we actually see this in the movie earlier, or at least it's alluded to before mm-hmm. she meets the husband that this happened uh, and then confirmed later that her aunts actually cast a love spell on them, on Sally and, and Michael, who was their husband, so that they would because they wanted Sally to be happy. They wanted her to fall in love with somebody. So they cast a little love spell and she's very mad at them about this. And I mm-hmm. wanted to know if one, if they cast a love spell on young Sally to get her with Michael and then two, because that's fucked up. But then two, <laughs> uh, does her husband subsequently get hit by a truck and killed <laughs> or bus or whatever? Um, I'm, I'm again happy to be corrected about this, but I, I don't recall the ants casting a love spell on Sally being in the book. Uh, couldn't find anything about it when I went back to look. 
but her husband does die when he gets hit by a car. Okay. Same thing, same kind of deal. Like they've been married for. Yeah, they've been married for X amount of years. They have kids. Yeah. Um, And he just gets taken out. Gotcha. Uh, So, in speaking of the kids, when Sally returns to live with her aunts after Michael uh, passes away, uh, she vows when she's returning, look, we're coming to stay with you because I need a place to stay, but you will not teach my children magic uh, because magic has, in her eyes, ruined her life and she just wants to be normal. Uh, and that's one of the things she loved about being with Michael is it all felt very normal. And so she goes, she doesn't want her children to learn magic. And I wanted to know if Sally's vow that her children won't learn magic is from the book. Cause that's a very classic, like mm-hmm. this kind of character thing. I feel like um, there wasn't like a dramatic vow moment like there is in the movie, but it is similar. She wants her children to be as normal as possible. She doesn't want them to learn magic. So then we get to find out what uh, Jillian is up to, who they call Jilly most of the time in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out what she's up to is Nicole Kidman's character, because, again, she ran off when she was 18 and eloped. And well, or I don't even know if she necessarily eloped. She just ran off with a with a boy when she was 18 or 17 or whatever. Um, and she's kind of just been living a free spirited life out, you know, yeah. doing her own thing and has not been home in a decade she's or been however long partying and dancing yeah that's, that's all we see in the movies <laughs> is her by a pool like dancing yeah. <laughs> very funny but uh she then meets a guy named jimmy angeloff who she falls for very hard uh who's bulgarian i believe in the film um yeah. but he likes cowboys yes he likes cowboys He's a bulgarian cowboy and she calls him uh a, 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 uh she specifically calls him a uh, cowboy vampire or something like yeah. that or cowboy dracula and he's this very strange guy. I w- and we will later find out he is very abusive. And I wanted to know if Jimmy Angelov, he becomes essentially the antagonist of the film. Uh, and I wanted to know if Jimmy Angelov similarly becomes kind of the antagonist of the film. Jimmy is from the book. Of uh, the with, book. You know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Jimmy is from the book. Uh, there are some differences. I don't believe he's Bulgarian uh, and he's a drug dealer. He doesn't end up being a serial killer. Yeah. Spoilers in the film. He It is revealed that he's a serial killer. Yeah. Or at least um, has killed one person. I don't think. Yeah, Wikipedia says he's Wikipedia a serial says killer. Wikipedia says serial killer, but in the movie, they sh- they only mentioned one woman, yeah, right? I, I think. I, well, I don't know. He had a lot of pictures. He had a lot of pictures. Spread out. But he only specifically mentions, like, oh, they found, like, because it would have been so easy for him to say, like, he says, like, oh, they found this girl dead on the side of the highway, strangled or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, we think it was him. And and but he doesn't at least from my memory, he doesn't say and I have a half a dozen other cases just like it that I'm right. you know what I mean? Like right, that's right, such right. an easy line. If he was if you wanted to make him a again, not that it's it, he's still a killer or whatever, but the yeah. Wikipedia specifically says serial killer. And I'm like, I don't know if the movie says he is or not or if he's just a murderer. Anyways, that's what's the, again. Those are the little <laughs> details in Wikipedia things that like. That like mess with my brain, yeah. Crazy, because I'm like, did I miss something, or is the person who wrote this like wrong? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the police do come looking for Jimmy, um, but it's because he sold like basically fake LSD to some college kids, mm. and they ended up dying. Okay. Uh, so then, as we move forward, Sally has now been staying with uh, her aunts for a while, but she needs to go. Is this when she goes to rescue? Yes. I yeah. believe this is when she goes, uh, Jillian calls. Yeah. 
and it's like i need i need help or whatever and sally's like i'm coming and and is rushing rushing off to go get her but before she leaves she's like tells the aunt hey watch can you watch my daughters while i'm gone i'll be back i need to go help jillian and they're like yeah yeah we got it and i said and she says like that one of the aunts says we'll take them to the solstice something yeah they're going to like the solstice celebration and and sally is like uh, but no dance fine or if you're gonna take them that's fine but no dancing naked under the moon or something like that and i believe uh which one's which is francis and jet but which one's um i think I can't remember stocker channing is francis i think you're right um anyway stocker channing's character i think it is says uh the nudity is entirely optional as you well remember which i thought was very funny (laughs) and i wanted to know if that line came from the book it is not from the book i'm positive it's not from the book because i definitely would have remembered that because i loved this line (laughs) uh as a as a sometime patron of pagan events i can confirm that the nudity is (laughs) entirely optional yes but encouraged. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the details in this movie, uh, again, I uh, not that I have a, I, my opinions on this will come out more as we go, but I loved this movie uh, and a lot of just the way it was constructed, I thought was like really well done um, mm-hmm. in terms of like the script and the direction and everything. Uh, but one of the details that I thought worked really well that was surprising because uh, it's so easy for this to like work really poorly and to like feel, I don't know, un uns kind of come out of nowhere or whatever and it kind of almost comes out of nowhere but they, the movie builds it up in a way that i thought worked perfectly is that in the film uh we find out that that jillian and sally can like psychically communicate mm-hmm. essentially and maybe even the ants to some extent a little bit but like specifically sally and jillian have this connection that allows to, them to like psychically communicate and the scene that prompted this question is that specifically after she goes and picks up jillian or uh jillian and then they get they end up getting kidnapped by jimmy Mm -hmm. basically and he tells them to go drive and they're driving his car like sally's driving his car and jimmy is in back with jillian like threatening them or whatever and in that scene jillian and sally like communicate psychically with each other Uh, jillian tells her there's like the belladonna is in her bag and in the film they actually do this by like literally she looks in the mirror and you can see they're kind of like eyeballing each other and then the movie just has Jillian literally like say it out loud. Yeah. Like we see her say it, but it's very clear that she's not saying it out loud, that it is like happening in Sally's mind essentially, but they don't explain this at all. Like they don't set this up, but they do set it up. That's not true. What they do. And what I loved in the movie is that there's little details throughout where it kind of ramps up where like when, when she gets the call that something is wrong, mm-hmm. Sally knows the phone ringing is Jillian. Yeah. Like she just like Jillian, like as soon as the phone rings, she's like starts freaking out and knows something is wrong and knows it's Jillian and goes and answers. And there's another moment even before that. Can't remember exactly what it was where she, she is able to like, and it's, and it's way more subtle than the moment where literally like they like talk to each other psychically. It's just mm-hmm. like she senses something's wrong with Jillian or some, or vice versa or something like that. And I, I thought the way they built that up and then finally get to the moment where she like literally fully like psychically talks to her all worked really well without ever like having a thing where they sit down or like a voiceover line where they're like, ever since we were little kids, we've been able to hear each other's thoughts. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's nothing like that. Yeah. It just kind of organically works it in and you just buy it. And so many things in this movie happen that way that I, 
I, maybe I just bought in because I, I don't know. But I just, like, so many of those things I thought were, like, kind of organically worked in. And you just sort of accept them in a way that was so well done. All that said, my question is, are they able to psychically communicate in the book? Does that come from the book? This does not come from the book. But I agree with you that I think this is probably one of the better done examples yeah. of psychic communication that I think I've seen in a movie. You know, not that I've seen extensively every example of this in a movie. Right, yeah. But I thought that their performances and the way the movie establishes their relationship mm -hmm. and the way that it establishes kind of like the lore and like how their powers generally work yeah. made it feel perfectly natural in that moment. Yeah. I think that's the other thing because it starts the way it builds is like it builds from a place where it feels almost just like like that weird normal sisterly connection. Yeah into like a something well beyond that like okay like they're clearly like she's literally like talking to her and she's like the belladonna's in my bag like and she like hears that in her head essentially uh, yeah i just thought it was really well done and and i again i i could imagine in a in a lesser movie that coming across cheesy or yeah. just not buying it or be feeling like out of like wait what they can just psychically talk to each other like why right but it just again the way the yeah, movie... it feels like something we might usually have a complaint yes, about yes but, but just... uh, yeah i thought the movie did a really good job of kind of building up to it in a subtle natural way yeah absolutely uh so speaking of the belladonna uh sally is able to get the belladonna and pour a bunch of it into um jimmy's tequila that he's drinking uh, and then he drinks a bunch of it and it doesn't seem to work at first, but then eventually he just kind of like, Ugh! and it turns out she, they were trying to put him to sleep because Jillian has been using the Belladonna to, to basically put Jimmy to sleep now and then um, when he gets too drunk or obnoxious or whatever. Mm -hmm. She describes it away in a very, you know, passive way when she comes to visit the first time about like, oh, he's so strong and he's so strong willed and blah, and it, it's very, you know very yeah obvious what is going on there but it, like uh, uh of a person language used being used by someone in a very abusive relationship but um but again she's not voicing it that way and sally doesn't really pick it up in that first scene she kind of does but like isn't she's mm -hmm. like i think naive enough that she doesn't really get what's going on there uh it was very obvious i think to both of us watching but anyways so Sally dumps a bunch of Belladonna into his tequila and it ends up killing him and i wanted to know if they accidentally killed jimmy with a bunch of Belladonna in the book so that's what they think happened for most of the book but then when they talk to the ants at the end they and jillian tells them like what she was been doing and like how much she was giving him and how frequently and the ants are like well that amount of belladonna could have killed him if he was a chipmunk he probably just died of a heart attack okay so does somebody give him a big dose of it at some point in the book? Or is it just the fact that Jillian has been giving him small amounts? over? The She's been giving him small amounts. So one of the biggest differences. And I think I have this question. I mean, yeah, you have this question um, in a minute is that um, he's already dead when Sally right. interacts with okay. him. But so when. So so Jillian, something happened with Jillian or whatever. Is it is it ever explained? Did Jillian like give him a bunch at one point and then he died right after? Or 
Is no. it like she had just been giving him Belladonna she and then at been, some point he dies? She had been giving him Belladonna like every night. Yeah, similar to in yeah. the movie. And then he dies and she, they were like on the road and he like keels over. Okay. So she goes to Sally and, and she is thinks. like, she thinks she's like, oh my God, I poisoned him yeah. over the course of like months or right. whatever. Right, okay. Because in the movie, the implication is that what Sally just dumps like the entire bottle into the thing yes. of tequila, and it's like, oh, she gave him. They, they are intentionally trying to like knock him out, and Sally doesn't realize how much she gives him. And I will say, I don't actually know if the movie ultimately lands on the fact that that Belladonna did kill because it's the way it plays out in the movie is very strange. I don't know if you felt this way that mm-hmm. so they give him that, and nothing seems to be happening, and then he starts strangling Jilly, like trying to kill her, and yeah. Sally starts like beating on him. And like punching him in the back of the head, and then she hits him one time, and he immediately just like, yeah, goes out, and they're like, "Oh, he's dead." And I'm like, "Well, that's not how poisoning works, right?" That's <laughs> not, and so I was wondering if he wasn't actually dead, or if actually Sally like just brained him or something. Like I don't know, you know what? I, like it because it doesn't play out like a poisoning death in right. the movie. It plays out like a heart attack, or not even a heart attack. It plays out like. Like he, yeah, passed out or I don't know. It just doesn't feel like somebody dying of poison to me in yeah. the movie. And so I was wondering if it's the same idea, but the movie never actually addresses this again. Like they just, it is, it does seem to be the Belladonna that killed him. It's just kind of happens weirdly, I guess, in the film. Yeah. I mean, they, I, yeah, I guess the implication in the movie is that they killed him somehow. Yeah. Somehow he died at their hands. Yeah. Um, which ends up not being the case in the book. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so anyways, after uh, Jimmy dies, uh, they're now freaking out and figuring what they're trying, what they should do. And they decided to just take him back home. And as they're driving uh, this whole movie, Gill- Jillian is a smoker. She has become a smoker over the years and she's smoking cigarettes. And uh, Sally tells her, you like, you really should quit. And I love this moment because Jimmy is sitting in the back of the car dead and Jillian says, look, I'm probably going to get a life sentence. I should smoke two at once. It'll shorten my sentence. (laughs) And that was a great line. And I wanted to know if it came from the book. That does come from the book. And it got a a chuckle from me as I was reading it. Nice. Uh, So then they get him back home and their their plan, they realize as they're heading back, is like, we should resurrect him. Because earlier, uh, Sally had begged the ants to resurrect Michael. And they're like, no, you don't want to resurrect somebody because if they come back, they come back wrong. Classic, you know. Classic trope. We've covered that trope before. They always come back wrong. They always come back wrong. Uh, So you don't want to resurrect Michael. And they're, but um, they do, they're like, well, but we can resurrect uh peter bring him back we don't it doesn't matter it, jimmy jimmy sorry peter you kept peter? i changed some of that in your notes in some places you kept calling him peter and i couldn't figure out why is peter i don't know i, I don't think there's even a character in this named I have peter no idea why my brain <laughs> keeps wanting to say peter jimmy and they uh, so they decide they're going to resurrect him and I, the the reason they the kind of justification for it that i thought was great they're like look it doesn't matter if he comes back dark and unnatural which is what the 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 ants had warned would happen with with Michael. Uh, it doesn't matter if Jimmy comes back dark and unnatural because he already is. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. That's fantastic. So incredibly, the entire resurrection plot line, which is kind of like the main thing that it I feel like, like yeah. people know about this movie. This is entirely a movie invention. It does not happen in the book at all. In the book, he's already dead and they bury him. They don't try to resurrect him. Wild. Yeah. Okay. 
So what? that line is also not from the book, which and that's a great line. I love that so moment good, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that ruins my next couple questions. Um, so because yeah. uh, so there's this uh, during the resurrection they have to like draw symbols on them, and the only thing they have on hand in the kitchen at the aunt's house is a can of <laughs> of ready whip of whipped cream, <laughs> and so they literally spray a whipped cream uh, pentacle or bent whatever the star thing on his chest. Uh, and I was wondering if that is it, but it was in the book because my favorite detail of that is Sally then she gets like some on her finger and eats it, <laughs> I and like, I just thought it was great. I loved it so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, based on my last answer, you can probably yeah. infer that this does not happen in the book. But I did really like this. I thought that it was a, a genius comedic scene. Yeah, it's so good. And then my my last question re- re- regarding the resurrection was that after they resurrect him in the movie. Uh, he comes back and immediately just starts trying to kill Jillian again because, of course, like, yeah. like well, I don't know what else he expected to happen. Like, I get the idea behind it. I do think it was, like, not the worst idea in the world. Maybe you should have, like, handcuffed him or something right. first and then just, like, left him. Yeah, just go leave him at a bus stop or, like, at a police station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go leave him at a police station just, like, handcuffed or, like, whatever. They, they would have thought it through a little bit. They could have got away with all this without any issue. But, yeah, they just resurrect him and he immediately starts trying to kill Jillian again. And so Sandra Bullock grabs a a, a cast iron uh, pan and just, just like clobbers him over the head and immediately <laughs> kills him again. And I love that she just hits him and we don't get, even get like their reaction or like, oh, my God, is he OK? Or like nothing. They just hard cuts from her hitting him to them digging a hole, a, a shallow <laughs> grave in their yard. And I thought that edit was fantastic. Uh, so I assume that obviously that doesn't come. In yeah. So yeah, probably you can confer that. She doesn't immediately kill him <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, they do bury him in the backyard. So that yeah. that is the similarity to the book. I, I That scene was so good, though. That whole scene was great. I love that. <laughs> she just immediately clonks him over the head and kills him again. They're like, well. You know, I thought he was going to be alive for a little bit longer. Yeah. And then she just immediately <laughs> yeah. takes him out again. I was like, well, that was short-lived. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Good Lord. Literally short-lived, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then uh, we move on a little bit in time, I think, at this point. Uh, but there's a scene uh, a little bit later uh, that I was very confused with initially because Sally is asleep in bed and Jilly comes up and just goes, margaritas. And I was like, wait, what? What time <laughs> is it? And then I didn't hear. She says midnight margaritas. And then uh, Sally and Jilly run downstairs because uh, her aunts are making margaritas in a blender, which we actually saw them doing first. They're like they're like yeah. like they're making a, a potion or whatever. They're like putting all the ingredients. Yeah, in. Yeah, but then it, like the camera pulls back and it's, and it's margaritas. Yeah. yeah, they're making margaritas in a blender, which is great. And I wanted to know if the midnight margarita scene came from the book because it's a lot of fun. There is a short scene in the book where Sally and Jillian have midnight margaritas okay so it is yeah they have they make margaritas and they drink them outside like under the moonlight Mm. on the lawn Uh, not nearly as iconic as the movie scene yeah uh because then it goes on from there they 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 move on from margaritas they get tired of mixing them and just decide let's just drink tequila and they're they're doing shots of tequila right out of a bottle uh and it turns out the bottle of tequila they 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 as they're doing these shots they kind of all of a sudden they're getting more and more drunk and they're like laughing and being ridiculous but then they're also like intermittently each of them is like kind of snipping at the other ones and like yeah. insulting them and saying really weird things that like are yeah completely and then out of they'll character. be like i don't know where that came from yeah and then they all laugh and then like yeah. somebody else will say it and they're like what is going on and then eventually i think it's sally 
re- like looks at the tequila bottle and it's the same brand yes. that Jimmy drinks. And they're like, Sally's like, where did you get this tequila? And the answer like, oh, it was on the porch or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, freak out or Sally and Jillian freak out because the ants are unaware of, you know, what's going on at this point. And I loved the idea that this like his his possessed bottle of tequila showed up and they're drinking it. And it's like slowly like infecting them. I thought that was so mm-hmm. it's just a great little scene. And I wanted to know if that came from the book. It does not come from the book, but I also adored this scene. I thought it was creepy in a really subtle, interesting way. Yeah, because you have no idea yeah, what's you have going no on idea. at first. And you don't even really start to get an inkling yeah. until one of the ants starts singing the song that was yes. on the radio when they were that in the car with singing. Jimmy. Uh, the, is it, whatchamacallit? And, like, um, yeah. and all of a sudden it turns really creepy yes, really fast. really quickly, yeah. Because, again, initially they're just saying kind of, like, obnoxious things, and you're like, yeah. like, at first it's kind of like, oh, that's just like a drunken, like, some, they're just, like, being right. snippy it or whatever. It feels kind of like normal drunk behavior yeah like when you get really plastered and you start saying things that you would not ordinarily say to someone but then it goes a little weirder and you're like well that was weirder than like one of them you know they're like kind of like somebody's making fun of jillian for like sleeping around or something and then like yeah and then there's some other line about something and then it gets to a point where yeah before they start the ants start singing the song that he was singing there's something very specific i can't remember what it was where you're like well that's well that doesn't even fit in with anything that would be they Mm -hmm. would say or whatever and then yeah and it's just the way it slowly builds is it's so good i thought it was fantastic i do not i will never understand why this movie has like a 40 percent right yeah it blows my mind well and i and i think you you mentioned that one review in the prequel that complained it it complained about like the tone, oh, the tone changes and the tone shift. Crazy. I think they're masterfully handled yes. for the most part. For the most at least. part, yeah. I yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. And, like, I, and I almost wonder if this maybe... scene is an incredible example yeah. of a well-handled tone shift. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole midnight margaritas yeah. into the it scene. It goes from and, yeah. very light and very fun yeah. to extremely creepy in in a snap and it's very well handled yeah it's great i actually wonder if it's not i i I hesitate to say ahead of its time but because often i'll say that and i'm like well but there are movies doing stuff like this forever at least not not forever but like very often when i say something ahead of its time it's like well yeah but also you know i have a recency bias and what but i do wonder if that is part of it it's just like because i think if this movie came out today it would it I think it would be a huge hit. Like, yeah. I think this movie yeah. would be like a huge success and I think critics would love it. And I think, um, and, and, and the tonal like shifts make it totally falls in line with tons of other movies. Like, it, yeah, the, I think the tonal shifts in particular do feel a lot closer to horror movies now. Yeah. To like, something like, like some, get out. Or, yeah. So yeah. like kind of like a 24 movies yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and it is, I will say it does, that is maybe the only negative on the film is that, and it's not a negative. It's just, if you are expecting a horror film, you, right. would, you yeah, would never it's, market this as a no, horror film. No, it's not really a horror C- Compared film. to something like Get Out or whatever, which has like genuinely like kind of horrifying moments. I yeah. wouldn't say anything. In, well, that's not true. There are horrifying moments, but it's not horror movie horrifying. It's abusive relationship horrifying the horrifying moments in this are all the stuff with jimmy before he's dead like that those are like truly like yeah at least to me those are the moments that are like truly terrifying um and you know because and there's not like jump scares or anything in this you know it doesn't have any of the traditional like 
horror movie stuff necessarily. But that being said, it is a lot of the rest of it. And there is creepy stuff and there is, you know, off-putting stuff. And a lot of the rest of it falls completely, like you said, falls completely in line with some of like A24 stuff or, um, you know, even some like Bloomhouse stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it definitely, you know, kind of fits in line with like perfectly. I think, yeah. Again, I think if this movie was just re- released today, as it is, exactly as it is, yeah. it would, it would be. You know like, what is interesting though is that it also reminds me a little bit of the movie Ghost. Oh, it's been. A, I've only seen Ghost once, and it's and, been a and long I time, think but. and and Ghost has like. I think Ghost is a little have the closer to being like horror than this is. Yeah, but there are like it's yeah, a it's, similar kind of yeah. tonal shift idea between like romance, where between and like romance and, and comedy horror, yeah. and horror. And Ghost was a huge hit. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, well, and like and 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 Ghostbusters is just like a pure comedy, but, right? But yeah, no, there. Are, that's what I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's not like it's it's not like it's completely yeah. unique or like you know. And when I say it's ahead of its time, it's like it's not re- like really like it. I don't know. It is surprised me. I think the thing is that it, if you don't, I, and I have a note about this later. I think the big thing about the reason probably why it wasn't a huge success is I think it it requires like kind of a cultural osmosis, like or understanding or knowledge that maybe, and not cultural like a a, a media like. You have to have absorbed enough of the right kind of media for mm-hmm. this to work, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've seen enough, like, culty witch stuff over the years that, mm-hmm. like, the fact that this movie doesn't, like, explain itself ever just works for me. Yeah. Whereas for other people, maybe it wouldn't as much. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a lot to do with it, because, like... I have a note about it later and we'll talk about it, but like comparing it to like some other shows and movies and stuff that I've seen, like where there's a lot of similarities there that I think maybe having had those, that stuff all bouncing around in my head, just like kind of made this movie naturally yeah, work in a like way. Like you that had it, the right kind of context yes, for it. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I, I, that might be a, another part of it. I mean, but. I think it's also entirely possible that there were, cause I don't know anything about how this movie was marketed. Yeah. Or what people were well, expecting, and that maybe a lot of people and critics particularly went in expecting something other than what they got. I will say, so I watched the trailer for the prequel. I, yeah. I thought the trailer felt pretty in line with what the movie is. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it bounces around between a comedy, a romance, and like some, it, but with like ghosts and gob, like, you know, it's yeah. like a, I don't know. I felt like the trailer wasn't wholly out of line with what the movie ended up being, oh, but I don't know then. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I did not have a problem with the tone shifts in this no, at all. Not at all. All right. Moving on. Uh, one of the details that I kind of loved, uh, is that uh, after the whole thing with the tequila and stuff, the Sally and Jilly like won't explain. They're still yeah. kind of like, you know, staying silent on what is actually going on. And the ants are like, all right, well, we're going to leave. And they just like fuck off. Yeah. And they're like, you deal with this. Uh, we're leaving. And I thought that was great. And they they literally just they they say goodbye to the kids and and they tell them uh, that they leave a message with the uh, Sally's kids uh, and they're just gone in the middle of the night. And then Sally's kids the next morning are like, oh, yeah, they left. They said you need to clean up your own mess. And then they just <laughs> left. And I kind of love that. Uh, and again, it just kind of goes back to what I said. So much of what happened again—that's another beat that feels like in a, in a different movie or in 
I don't know, in other movie would feel like I would criticize and like, wait, they just leave and mm-hmm. like there's not really an explanation as to why they left. They just like kind of just like disappear and like deal with it yourself. It just feels but like for whatever reason, it just feels right. And it's really hard to explain why like every decision in this movie to me just feels right when some of the stuff feels like it shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I want to know if they kind of just disappear in the book and let Sally and Jilly sort it out themselves. This does not happen in the book, uh, mostly because the movie moves the locations around. Oh, okay. So in the book, none of the Jimmy plotline happens at the aunt's house. Eh. It happens at Sally's house in suburban New York, where she moved with her daughters after her husband died. Oh, okay. So she doesn't go live with the aunts. No, it's actually, it's like the complete opposite. She, her, her and her husband and her daughters were actually living with the aunts. <laughs> I know. That makes sense. And no then sense. after, I know. And then after he dies, she moves them all out. I guess it could make sense in this, in the, in the idea that like, she's not as turned off to magic. So mm-hmm. she doesn't mind being around the ants because yeah. she hasn't had this falling out because of like her. Right. The curse or whatever. Well, again, if maybe there isn't a curse in the, uh, whatever. Well, um, yeah. And if there's no curse and they never cast a love spell on her, then she doesn't have like quite as bad of a taste yeah. in her mouth for magic. In the book, it mostly stems from like her experiences in childhood and like being ostracized and yeah. like, you know, she just wants to be normal. Yeah. Anyways, I think that makes more sense to have her move in with the ants after because yeah. she like needs you know the help or right whatever, basically. yeah she needs support yeah one would think yeah um i agree with you that this uh action by the ants in the movie to just leave just it just does it feels right yeah i don't it know how feels, to just... it, it well and it's it's their characters yes is yeah. what it is it, it feels in line with what their characters would do yeah even though we don't actually like know them know all well. they'll know all yeah. that much about them it just feels very in line with who their characters are yeah to be like, okay, well, you can clean up your own mess then. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not going to tell us. Like, yeah. we'd help you, but you yeah, don't seem we, to want... Yeah, we would help you, but if you don't want our help, then, then we're, we're not going to give <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to get involved with, like... Yeah. We're not going to mess and with something we don't also know. also, like... Like, to me, that is kind of a very good understanding of witchcraft and, like, what witchcraft is and how that has been portrayed, like, throughout history and throughout media... It's it's very much like, do you remember the scene in whichever freaking Pirates of the Caribbean sequel it is? Probably not, because we haven't rewatched those yet. Uh, we when, only watched um, the first one. <laughs> uh, what's her name? I want to say Tia Dalma, but I don't know. The like the the Caribbean woman. I know who you're talking yeah. about, but I don't remember um, anything about And she about gives those movies. she gives Captain Jack a jar of dirt to protect him. From, I do remember that. Yes, yeah, to vaguely. protect him from Davy Jones or, or the Kraken or one of the, yeah, whatever, one of those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I remember this is because I've seen like the gift sets so many times, and he's like will the jar of dirt help? And she says, if you don't want it, give it back. And he says, no. And she (laughs) says, then it helps. (laughs) Like that's, it's a very, like that's a way that witchcraft is approached and portrayed often. Yeah. And and even elsewhere in this movie, like the whole thing with, with Gary at the end where curses only work if you believe in them. And I don't believe, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also prefer the movie's decision to keep the entire story in the aunt's house. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's a, it's a great location. Yes. Like this, it's a stunning set in the movie. Like it looks, it's so cool. They 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 brought back the farmhouse sink before it was popular. Right. Like I, when I say brought <laughs> back, it's just an old house with a farmhouse sink. But yeah, they had the the yeah the farmhouse sink and everything. the way I would kill for a farmhouse sink. <laughs> and that's uh, how you know you're old. Yep. Uh, so then uh, a detective shows up to investigate the disappearance of Jimmy Angelov, and um. Sally, they, he shows up at Sally and, and Jilly's house and he was able to find them because Sally had sent uh, Jilly in a letter early on yeah. from that house or from her uh, after uh, after her Michael had died. died. Yeah. She sent a letter to Jillian uh, from her aunt's house. So that's how he was able to find them there. He shows up and he's like, hey, do you guys know anything about this? This Jimmy guy's gone. I'm looking for him. I'm detective from Air- Tucson, Air- Tucson, Arizona. And um, I wanted to know, anyways, it's slowly revealed as we meet him more and more and more and find out more things about him, that he is the the man that Sally made up in the, her spell in the beginning. Uh, and I wanted to know if that's who the detective is in the book. Oh, no, that wouldn't continue. Yeah, I asked her, you if, her childhood right. spell is not from the book. Okay, so right. that's a no. Yes, fair enough. But you said they are soulmates, supposedly, yes. in the in the book. Uh, so as he's in, he's on and off, he's interrogating them, asking them questions. You know, he's a very um, he's a very southern detective. He's very chill, like just kind of yeah. like wandering around talking to people. He, just, he ambles. Yeah, he does. He very much ambles. <laughs> uh, and I wanted to know. Uh, I love at one point he's he's kind of talking to Sally, and he kind of just eventually outright says it. At one point, he goes, "Look, did you or your sister kill James Angelov?" And Sally responds uh, sarcastically, oh, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> Great line. And I had to know if it came from the book, which at this point I would assume obviously it Yeah, it's not from the book. Yeah. But it is a great a line. Great line. Because, you know, she says, oh, yeah, a couple of times. He's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. you know, he rolls his eyes like, oh, you're being silly. But <laughs> no, tell the truth. It's fantastic. Um, but the thing that ultimately does, you know, he, he's he's got his suspicions and more mm-hmm. than suspicions at this point that they are involved somehow in the disappearance of Jimmy. Uh, but the thing that really sets him over the edge is that they're out. Uh, he comes to visit for breakfast one day or he comes to ask Sally some questions and he ends up having breakfast with them. Uh, and then when they're out in the backyard, there's a, a big toad or frog or whatever, like sitting on a log. And we've seen throughout the course of the movie that these frogs like seem to be hanging out around or maybe toads, whatever around mm-hmm. Jimmy, where Jimmy was buried. And they like kind of, or whatever they're, they're, they're correlated with Jimmy's corpse or whatever. And, uh, one of them is sitting on a log and they like walk up and they're like looking at it. And then it just like ribbits up Jimmy's ring, which yeah. he has this special ring that he wear that he wore. And it's also like his mark for when he killed, like specifically Jimmy or Gary mentioned that the, the girl they found killed earlier. She had a brand, Yes. which was this like ring or whatever. Uh, and so he takes this ring and now he has like confirmation that this is, that this was Jimmy's Jimmy was right. here, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy was here. Yeah. yeah. And is that, how, does that come from the book? So a toad does puke up Jimmy's ring and Gary ultimately finds it, but it doesn't happen right in front of okay. him. Like yeah. it does in the movie. Uh, the, the toad pukes it up in front of one of Sally's daughters and not knowing what it is, she just like tosses it into a tchotchke mm, dish, okay, uh, which is where Gary finds it. That makes sense. Uh, so then Sally now she's freaking out because she knows that he knows. He basically tells him, "You guys need a good lawyer," and he leaves. And she's like, "Look, I gotta confess." She goes to Gillian and says, "I gotta confess," and she runs off and she goes to him, 
Uh, and she essentially confesses to him, yeah, like, well, look, mm-hmm. we we killed him. Um, but he was, you know, abusive. He's trying to kill, but like, basically, expl- she doesn't go through all the details, but she kind of tells him the story. Uh, and after that moment, uh, he they then they can't resist each other anymore because they're so destined for each other, and they mm-hmm. just start making out. And I wanted to know if she confesses and then immediately they start making out. Yeah, this scene is uh, pretty similar to what <laughs> happens in the book. Um, she goes and finds him. She uh, kind of similar to what happens in the movie. She like doesn't tell him every detail, but she right. kind of, she tells him enough, enough yeah. for him to surmise their kind of involvement. And then they just start macking on each other. <laughs> Fantastic. <It's> great. <laughs> Uh, so then when she returns home after this, uh, Jimmy has now possessed Jillian. She gets home and her daughters are like running downstairs screaming like, ah, there's something wrong with Aunt Jillian. And she goes upstairs and Jillian is like writhing around in bed, clearly possessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as soon as she gets there, also uh, Gary saw her like running home because she realized something was yeah. wrong. Like she had like a psychic, whatever. And so she went sprinting home and Gary saw this happening and he goes following after her. And they both kind of burst into the bedroom around the same time and to see literally the 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 spirit of dead corpse Jimmy yeah. rise out of Jillian's body uh, and confront them. And Gary can see I was thinking at first, maybe Gary wouldn't be able to see it like, yeah, just but be he like, can see it. He can see it. This is fully there. And they like him and him and uh, Jimmy square off and then Jimmy straight up tries to possess anyways. But does any of the possession stuff happen? No, none of the possession stuff is from the book. One of Sally's daughters can see Jimmy's ghost like lurking in the backyard, which does happen in the movie. movie. Um, And Jimmy does cause some like, kind of poltergeist-esque trouble moving stuff around moving stuff around. They lose things, that kind of stuff, but no actual possession in the book. This was maybe the weakest part, this particular scene. Yes, this particular scene, I think the the effects didn't age. They're not horrible, but they're well. not they, yes. I would say they haven't aged great, but they're not like awful. It wasn't like laughably bad. Um, but it was it didn't age like amazingly, I would say. Yeah. Because then after this, Gary is then saved by his silver badge because Jimmy tries to possess Gary or tries to kill him or something. Uh, the book says again. This is another one. Wikipedia says Jimmy tries to possess. Yeah, Gary. To but me, it, it looked, looked more like he was trying to like rip his heart out to, or something, yeah. like kill it him. Looks like uh, we've, uh, once upon we've a time. We're like watching us. Once Upon a Time. Yes. Um, and it I've looked... been watching it for the first time. <laughs> well, yeah, and we're far enough in now that I'm watching for the first time <laughs> yeah. too, because um, I I dipped before the frozen stuff. Yeah, but it, it looks exactly yes. like when they plunge their fists and into other out. people's yeah. chests and rip their hearts out. Yeah, yeah. and so again, Wikipedia says tries to possess him. I'm like, I don't know. Was he or was he trying to kill him? Either way, whatever he's trying to do, uh, his hand gets like burned by the yeah. uh, the silver the badge silver because yeah, sheriff it's badge silver or whatever. or whatever. And obviously, that's not from the book, no, but it's not an interesting detail. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, but then, so all that happens, they're able to. Uh, I, I believe then he just kind of like his spirit. Oh, he like turns into dust and like flies away yeah. or something, and they don't know what happened. He his spirits away. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, basically Gary's like, well, Sally's like, you got to get out of here. Um, look, I, you only we're only feel this way about each other because I cast a spell as a child, blah, 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 all this stuff. You'll die. All that sort of things. And Gary's like, fine, I'll leave. 
But look, curses only work if you believe in them, and I don't. And I wanted to know if that line came from the book because I liked it. Um, once I identified again, with Gary in this moment. Once again, happy to be corrected, but I don't believe that's from the book. Okay. Couple more questions here. Uh, great little detail. Uh, we find out that Sally is like one of the. She has her daughters are in elementary school or whatever, mm-hmm. and she goes to like a PTA. You know, or like it seems like the, like the first, like the night before the first class or whatever. Yeah. Like all the parents and get es- together. They and establish like, the phone tree. Yes, and they establish a phone tree for and, emergencies. Yes, because that was that's what they did before the internet. Yes, and Sally ends up at the top of the phone tree, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't even necessarily know what that means or what that <laughs> implies or whatever. You know, I was never a parent in the '90s, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm sure my mom would know that as she was both a, a parent and a preschool teacher. So I'm sure she's, she's well aware, but I had no idea. Anyways, point being, uh, I think Gilly, Jillian like messes with like does magic yeah, she, or something. She to, magics to get Sally at the top of yeah. the phone tree. Uh, and um, ends up. Uh, oh, another one I have to know when Jillian does. Is any of this come that scene or is it does, specifically? I wanted because I think this is a popular line. Because uh, it was like one of the top rated quotes when I was looking through the quotes on IMDb. When they roll into the class, Jillian or Sally's in the class already during this meeting. And then Jillian comes in like mm-hmm. later, whatever. And everybody's like freaking out because they haven't seen Jillian in a long time. And they're like, oh my God, it's Jillian. And Jillian walks in. And, and because she's kind of being like silently judged by all those people, she like decides to make a show of it. And she like starts like gyrating and it's be like, watch, tell your husbands to look out or something like yeah. that. She has some specific line. Does anything like that happen? That line where she like no. <laughs> threatens to sleep with all the other women's husbands. No. Okay. Damn it. Um. Uh. So then she's on the top of this phone tree, and then at the end of the book or at the end of the film, they uh, Jillian gets possessed again, mm-hmm. and um, the ants come back. The ants come back right as Jillian is possessed again. Yeah. Uh, Sally comes in from having J- Gary just leaving. And uh, she thinks Jillian's fine and they go to hug and then realizes like Jillian is possessed. because She like licks her face and is being a weirdo. Um, and uh, basically like punches her, <laughs> just like knocks yeah. her out. And then the ants show up in that moment and they realize they need to perform an exorcism, but they need a full coven. Right. They can't do it with just like the three, you know, with just yeah. th- the three ants and then the two daughters. It's not enough. So they need... They need, uh, they need, they need more women. Eight or nine. So they say like it, it's eight or nine, but 12, 12 is better, be better or something or like that. And so the way, the way they are able to summon an entire coven is that Sally uses her phone tree privileges from the elementary school <laughs> to summon a coven of the other ladies in town. And so that's the first part. I want to know if that happens. And then second, the other thing I love about, I love this so much is that because the whole film, all these people have been like, they judgmental and really obnoxious and like, Again, very judgy and and mm-hmm. not and um kind of kept their distance from Sally and Jillian and and all of the Owens women and stuff and they've kind of been this you know they're like these outcasts in town or whatever uh, and but she calls them up and they're all just like immediately on board and they all just show up with brooms and everything and I love that they all just wanted to be included in the witchcraft. <laughs> And as soon as they call them up and are like, hey, we need you to come do witchcraft with us. They're like, fuck, yes. <laughs> and they all just show up ready to roll. It was it killed me. I loved it so much. And I want to know those two things, the phone tree and then all of the women deciding or, you know, secretly wanting to have been witches all along and showing up. If any of that came from the book. All right. So I have to disappoint you. Because none of this ending is from. It the doesn't book. disappoint me, honestly. I, I mean, I, I guess a little bit, but it is. It's it just means I won't read the book, probably. Yeah. Anyways, 
Um, so Sally and Jillian are not able to like fully banish Jimmy's ghost. So do, they, does he ever possess Jillian or anything? No. Okay. No. Okay. So they call the ants for help. Uh, the ants come to help them. And what they do is they dissolve Jimmy's corpse with lye. Which they do that in the movie. Yes. They make a big stew. A big, a big <laughs> lye stew. Yeah. And then the ants have also brought with them uh, a bunch of stones from their ancestral home. And they build a patio over his grave. Oh, okay. And that like seals him in. I so guess. it's more, it's a much more passive, like yeah. anticlimactic process. Yes. It's not as dramatic and like a big moment. No. Okay. I prefer the movie's ending. <laughs> I could, I could not get over the, 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 when they call all those women and they're all just immediately like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I was not what I was expecting and I loved it so much. <laughs> I loved it so much. Uh, so in the film, they're finally able to exercise Jimmy by uh, they like they, they try a little bit. They have to make those like a circle with their brooms or whatever. There's also a little detail. I love a woman shows up with a like a dust buster. A dust buster and is yeah. like, will this work? And they're like, eh, we got an extra one somewhere. Um, but they make a circle with their brooms or whatever to like contain the spirit. And Jillian's like laying on the floor in the middle. It's a really cool visual scene or whatever. And um, uh, they try to they're like trying to do some chant or whatever to exercise her and then or exercise the demon. And then uh, it like tries to like run and escape and like knocks out and it seems they're not succeeding or whatever. And Sally has an idea and she like goes and gets a bottle of tequila and like holds it up and that like coaxes his spirit out or so it's never yeah. really exactly clear what is going on here. But again, it all, for whatever reason, I don't care. Like it just works. I was like, yeah, it works. Um, and then they do, uh, well, her and uh, Sally and Jilly specifically do the blood pack from the beginning, which they made when they were, when when Jillian left when she was yeah. like seventeen or whatever, they you know did the slice your palms and yeah hold hands classic thing. stuff yeah and then all the rest of the women all uh, hold hands in a circle around them and then they're able to finally exercise uh, Jimmy's spirit and and then the little detail I love after that is that <laughs> he like turns into this big like you know cloud of demonic you know energy or whatever and then like falls into dust on the floor. Mm -hmm. And they all just use their brooms to sweep them out into the garden and I uh, into the into the grave. And then they dump the 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 lye mm -hmm. stew or whatever on top. And that's wraps that up. And I wanted to know if they sweep him out into the garden. You said the lye stew part, but I assume yeah. there's no sweeping. Uh, no, of his there's ashes. no sweeping of his ashes in the book. Uh, I really liked that part, though. That actually is like a reference to actual witchcraft. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Great. Uh, last two questions. Do Sally and Gary end up together? Yes, they do. Okay. I, I figured, but, uh, yeah. and then, uh, and then at the end of the movie, it's fantastic. And this is a scene I talked about in the prequel where they said the, the town they filmed this in, they just had everybody show up in Halloween costumes mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, everybody shows up and all of the witches are on the roof. Uh, I think I don't I don't know if it's any of the townswomen. It's for sure the all the I Owens women. I think it's women. just the Owens women. I think it women. is too. Um, but they're all like in witch costumes on the roof. It's clearly Halloween, but I, they all just like fly off the roof. Yeah. And it seems like the whole town just knows they're witches and is like, yay, witches. <laughs> and then it ends and it's I love it. And I want to know if that's how the book ends. It's not how the book <laughs> ends, but I also thoroughly enjoyed this it's scene. So good. And it felt to me like the the fact that at the end all of the townspeople were like, oh my god, we have witches. Yeah. That felt like 
that felt Pratchett-esque to me. Yeah. Like that you would be like, well, our town, <laughs> our, town's, our got town's got witches. Yeah. Your town doesn't even have witches. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. All right. Those are all my questions for was that in the book? But I do have a few to get into in Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. Wow. Was lost. Yes. Yes. And I want to get unlost as soon as possible. So there's a few things that I was a little confused about, uh, hoping that Katie could expand on. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll find out. But I just got a couple here. Uh, first up. So early on in the film, uh, before Michael dies, uh, we, we've set up at this point in the movie that the Death Watch Beetle, whatever it's called. Yeah, Death Watch Beetle mm -hmm. makes a sound. And if you hear that sound, it means that somebody's about to die, which is a true thing from like Urza. It is a real folk myth or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, Sally and Jilly's mom heard it right before their dad died. And then I couldn't tell. So at one point, there's Sally and her husband, Michael, and their daughter, one of their daughters is sleeping in bed together. And Sally hears this beetle. We hear the beetle. We know what it sounds like because mm -hmm. uh, we heard it earlier in the movie. I couldn't I didn't know if Sally knew this or knew what it was because she hears it. And then it seems like it's just annoying to her because she kind of like wakes up and hears it and then like rolls over and like covers her head. And it seems more in like a uh, not like it's mm -hmm. loud and annoying, not in like a oh my god like yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. she doesn't seem like worried or anything she just seems annoyed by this beetle sound or whatever but then later on when right before michael dies she hears it again and it's like it falls into the floorboards mm -hmm. and she's trying to like dig it and get it out and she's like ripping up all the floorboards in her house trying to get to the beetle and it seems very much like she knows what yeah. this beetle is a, is a portend of death or whatever at this point and i was a little confused at what i was supposed to get out of that did she, did she know the whole time and the first scene was just a little weird or did she not i don't know if you have any help so for this. maybe uh initially in the book when they start to when she starts to hear the death watch beetle chirp for her husband um she's like telling herself that she doesn't believe in omens okay. and that nothing is going to happen she's trying to ignore it so i think maybe that's what the movie was going for i think that might be what it's going for yeah. i will say that's not what i got yeah i, I don't i don't know if that's the clearest but i, th I think that might have been what the movie was trying to do okay because to me yeah it just it's it would be the same reaction like if there was like an a, an a, a particularly annoying bird outside yeah, or like, like a window. really loud cricket yeah you know you'd be like oh god and you just kind of like try to like drown it out with your pillow or whatever and go back to sleep again it just didn't feel like there was any moment in that first time she heard it of like struggling at all with what mm -hmm. it might mean <laughs> and i just i don't know it just was that was a little strange to me but okay there's a scene uh a little bit later where uh Sally's kids are getting like chased by all the kids in town and they're like calling them witches yeah. and like yelling at them. And in retrospect, I think this works a little bit better with how kind of the movie wraps up and stuff. And I, I, I don't have as much, I don't know, question or I don't have as many questions about it mm -hmm. kind of after having finished the movie, but it still felt a little strange to me is that they're like calling them witches and stuff. And then, and so it seems like this town just like legitimately believes in witches because yes. like the kids, then like one of the little girls like points at a, one of the little boys and is like, I curse you with small or not small pox <laughs> Jesus. with chicken pox. 
and and the whole crowd is like oh my god like they all yeah. like freak out like it's a serious thing and obviously in reality like most people be like oh okay like, right. whatever yeah. you know but like they all this town seems to truly believe these people are witches and is that the vibe in the book i guess and because i guess my question is that it didn't seem like I guess this is the scene where they established that, but it just kind of felt like it went from zero. I don't know. Like it, it was just like the, one of the only details in the world building that felt a little like it didn't work for me a hundred percent that this whole town is just like fully bought in on witches. And it's like, I don't know. I think this is a little amped up from the book. Like they're definitely outsiders in the book. People generally are like suspicious of them. They don't like them. Um, But Apart from, like, children, I don't know that there's really any indication that the adults fully buy into the idea that they're, like, witches with powers. it seems like, like they do in the scene in the powers. movie. I could yeah, be wrong, I, and I get why kids would buy in yeah. whole cloth. The, with the adults, it does feel a little silly. But then, like, also, they're not wrong. No, and, and again, with the way it ends, <laughs> it works better. And I think it's just, I don't know, maybe it was just I still hadn't fully, like, kind of gotten into the universe of the of the mm-hmm. film yet it's just something about it felt a little strange to me in in a way that so many other of the like things that would feel strange to me in this movie didn't yeah. I don't know what it is about this scene i just like wait this whole town like believes like fully believes in witches and thinks these people are this is very interesting to me um but again i liked how much how it ends where they they all do believe in witches and they yeah. just want to be witches and they're like <laughs> like want to be involved i loved that and so it kind of needs to be this way i guess it's just i don't know I, something about it just didn't fully work for me but it was a very small nitpick and then my last question is when they when sally goes to pick up uh and obviously this is probably different in the book but when sally goes to pick up jilly jilly is in like a little motel room yeah and she's like she's like crying and it's like, and Sally's like, let's get out of here. I got, I got my car. We're going to get out of here. We're going to go home or we're going to go back to the ants and they're leaving. And then Sally or Jilly decides she needs, she needs her tiger stone necklace or something because mm-hmm. there's like a blood moon or something. And she needs a, this talisman. And so she runs over to, I assume not, I assume it's definitely Jimmy's car Yeah, to get it, to get it. And when she gets in the car, Jimmy is just in the back seat. Yeah. Like lurking, like lurking there. And I was just, <laughs> unsure of like i mean he is a lurker i guess it was just a little confused of like did she was she did she think he had like left or something yeah or like what happened i I don't know i can't really help with this uh comparing it to the book because like i've said the movie is really different from the book sally does not go to get jillian jillian just shows up at her house one night with jimmy already dead in her car yeah I can only imagine that what the movie wanted us to think was that, like, maybe he was, like, passed out in the back seat. Oh, and she thought, yeah. And oh, because maybe she'd given him Belladonna and she thought he would be asleep. Yeah, or, or maybe she didn't even know he was in there and then he, like, The not up. knowing he's in there is what's weird to me, though. Like, yeah, that's the part that's confusing to me. I could buy if she thought he was passed out and then, he, oh, surprise, yeah. he's actually awake. I mean, uh, which, maybe that, and that is, falls in line yeah. with the, everything we know about them. Uh, the other thing, I guess it could be that, like, again, she thought he like went somewhere. Right. And then actually he was just in the car. But why would he be waiting in the backseat of the car if that's the case? I think what you, I think the thing that makes the most sense is that she drugged him. Yeah. Assumed he was still passed out. Right. And he wasn't. Right. That kind of works, at least. I can buy that. I can buy that. All right. Those are all my questions. It's time to find out what Katie thought was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? 
everything. Um, so I, like I said, I really liked the way that the movie started. Um, I did think, though, that we got a little bit of an info dump right at the beginning. Yeah, we do, but it didn't bother me. Um, and it's not a huge deal, but I do think that's one place where the the more expansive nature of a book can yeah, have a little bit of an edge. Yeah, of, you can yeah. take more ed- more time to kind of dole out your backstory. You yeah. don't really have to front load yeah, the way the true. movie yeah. had to. But I don't mind it as a prologue. Like, I don't mind a prologue in a movie like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just truly doesn't bother me. But I, I, I totally get what you're saying. There's a scene in the book where uh, when Sally is a kid, all of the cats that live on the aunt's property follow her to school <laughs> and she like can't get them to leave. That'd be a very cute scene. Yeah. Just her walking. Just um, one shot of her walking down the sidewalk from a wide and it's like a whole thing of cats behind her. Yeah. Great. I will say uh, one of the reason that I would be glad that this didn't make it into the movie is that there is like a little boy who's a bully who sets one of the cats on fire. Uh. The cat is immediately saved like oh, okay. sally like immediately jumps on him and puts the fire out yeah um and then she like points at the boy and says i hope something bad happens to you and a ceiling <laughs> tile and falls on his head <laughs> um but i think it could have been cute like yeah. with the general tone of this movie i yeah. think that could have just been a cute scene yeah uh we saw at the beginning of the movie the woman the desperate woman who comes to get a love spell mm-hmm. from the ants yeah. we actually see her continuing saga um, throughout the oh. book so she gets what she wants and the man that she was in love with like becomes obsessed with her and he leaves his wife it seemed very clear that that was her. what was going to happen and then i forgot about that because yeah. the movie sets that up like very clearly because she says like i want him to yeah she's 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 terrible at wishes or whatever you know she right. says like the worst thing she's like the worst thing you I, I want him to for. want me so bad he he loses his mind she's not what she's something like that yeah. it's like okay that's not how you make that wish you dummy yeah um but anyways yeah so she gets what she wants and then she cannot stand it because mm. he is just up in her business right. all the time won't leave her alone yeah. is exactly what she asked for he's obsessed with her yeah um and then she like comes back to the ants and is like you have to undo it i'm miserable and they're like no yeah <laughs> you made this bed and you need to lie in it i bet i wouldn't surprise me if that was something that was in the movie at one point in a cut of it that got removed yeah perhaps because it is set up or it also doesn't even need to come back because i got all of i needed out of that no scene. i don't think it needs to yeah, yeah. but yeah i'm just saying like i got all i like i immediately knew where that was going and i didn't need to see it again to know mm-hmm. like i was like oh she she yep great and you did a terrible job making your yeah. <laughs> your your love wish you were, or whatever you were not careful yeah. enough <laughs> and so i didn't even i don't need to see her come back uh, yeah i think it would have been fine too but it was yeah i get what you're saying yeah i loved the look of the house and everything in the movie the only thing that kind of disappointed me when comparing it to the descriptions in the book is that i do not think the movie captured the garden mm, okay because I, the garden is like it's it's most of the yard at the aunt's house and they grow like everything and it's yeah. this like very wild like sprawling interesting yeah it's not a huge garden in this one i think you get a little bit of that with the greenhouse yeah a little in the bit movie, which i liked the greenhouse was a cool location but yeah uh in the book jillian eventually has um a lover someone she actually does fall in love with his name is ben uh he does magic tricks for kids and he has a pet rabbit 
Yeah. And I don't know that it was completely necessary to her arc in the film, but I, I liked Ben. Yeah. I will say the only other thing I, I think my only other criticism of the movie is kind of where Jillian's story ends. And it's not a huge criticism, but it's a slight uh, made me a little it wasn't my favorite is that when Sally ends up with uh, mm-hmm. kisses Gary in the yard at the very end of the movie and they're like, oh, they're together. They love each other. Amazing. Uh, Jillian, Jillian is like dressed very like dowdy she's like yeah. wearing like gardening clothes well they are gardening to be right. fair but she it's it's in very stark contrast to everything she wears the rest yeah, of the she's movie dressed she's dressed like very conservatively yes and it sort and of feels I, like I the message is like it, now she's a good now yeah. she's learned her lesson she's not a whore anymore yeah. you know what i mean that, no i, I, don't I agree with think you that's what the movie's saying i think but, it feels a little slut shamey yes. but i also think that I think the movie just would not have had time yes. to to go through um, establishing and properly setting up yeah. a good relationship for her. So I understand why this was cut, um, but I, I did like Ben. Yeah, and, I, and again, I don't even think that's what the movie's saying. I think it just happens no, to be kind of where the yeah. scene takes place and stuff. Because the movie even makes a joke about, like, there's, the, there's a great line in the... Uh, in the tequila scene where Sally says, uh, since when has our family uh, had a problem with being a slut or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's like since when has uh, being a whore been a crime in this family yeah, or something like that? Yeah, since when has being like a slut that. been a crime in this family? And it's a great line. And I, so I don't think it very feels antithetical to the kind of yeah. what this movie is doing to be like slut shaming uh, Jillian. But it does feel a little weird, a little yeah, weird, a, a little kind of weird. how it wraps up. I agree. Uh, and my last note here for better in the book is that there is there's part of Maria Owen's backstory in the book that does not make it into the movie, um, which is that there's a scene where a farmer shoots at a crow and like just catches its wing. And then the next day, uh, Maria shows up in town with the same arm bandaged and in a sling. And, it, and then all the townspeople oh. are like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. It's time to find out what Katie thought was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. I really liked the more active role of the ants in the movie. They're not actually in the book all that much. Yeah, since it doesn't take place at their house, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about that in my final verdict, but I really preferred the movie's take on their characters. Okay. Uh, we mentioned this, but I thought it made more sense that Sally and her daughters have to move in with the ants after Michael dies rather than them all living there and then Sally moving out. Yeah. After Michael dies, um, it, it it just fit better with kind of our cultural perception of what might happen in yeah. that situation. Yeah. Um, and it also moved the location back to the aunt's house. Yeah. I thought it was really nice that Jillian came to see Sally after Michael died. Um, yeah, she makes really the sweet, trip yeah. back in. That does not happen in the books. Oh, okay. um, she calls and talks to her on the phone every week um in the book but she does not actually come back to see her yeah i thought how sally having a little apothecary in town made so much sense yes i loved that yes i have to talk i just got to talk about it now because i have it in my odds and ends but this is as good a time as any i could not get over as soon as we see the little store she works in she's selling like lotion she says later like soaps and lotions Mm -hmm. and hand creams or whatever and the the layout of the store 
the design of the yeah, store, the aesthetic, the aesthetic of it, everything. The fact that it, it doesn't, I don't know if we ever see its name or anything, but she's a witch. Mm-hmm. So an apothecary, you, you can imagine it's called an apothecary. It is just Rose Apothecary from Shit's Creek. Yes. Yeah. I had, I lost <laughs> my mind. I was like, wait a second. Is that where they got like the, like, is that, did they design? Right. Is that an show? intentional nod? Yes. Is that an intentional reference in Shit's Creek? Because it would also make perfect sense to me that, um, Oh my god, uh, David yeah. would be like a fan of practical magic. Oh yeah, I could totally see that being a reference. And, he would, and make. would like design his store to look like Sally's store yeah. from Practical Magic. And I like next time we rewatch that, yes. we're gonna have to try and like pay attention and see yeah. if there's a reference. Because I I don't know if, I if there was a reference, any. I wouldn't have caught it. No, I the last searched time we watched it. I searched like Rose Apothecary, uh, Practical Magic, and like mm-hmm. looked for a bunch of stuff. I couldn't find anything that was like a direct reference in the show or even like uh an article where they interviewed like the set you know, I couldn't yeah. find anything. The only thing I could find was some tweets from other people who had noticed the similarity. <laughs> so I knew I'm glad I wasn't alone in that. But it blew my mind. If you have watched that screen, go look at da- just just search da- uh, Rose Apothecary. Somebody did a great there's so a uh, one great tweet that has like a hundred likes, I think. I think it's the one that has a hundred likes. I saw two tweets. One had two likes and one had a hundred likes. And I think the one with a hundred has like four photos, two mm-hmm. of, of the store from Practical Magic and two of Rose Apothecary. And if you look at those photos next to each other, there's no way it, there's no way it's a coincidence. I yeah. would be astounded if it was a coincidence. Anyways, if anybody knows any more about that, uh I need Dan Levy. If you listen to our podcast, <laughs> please tell us. I want to tweet at him and find out. I feel like he might actually he reply might answer, to that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, the way that the movie did everything with Jimmy was so much more intense because we don't even actually really interact with him in oh, the book. Yeah, because he just like shows he's, up. He's yeah, dead, he's yeah. dead already when he shows. And we, hear about like him. we we kind of interact with his ghost right. a little bit in a way. But I, I thought it was so much more intense. And like especially the scene like where when they're in the car and he's like he's holding a lighter on his ring and he tries to brand Jillian. Like it's so awful and so intense. I had that other as another note I had my odds and ends, but it makes sense to talk about it now. I had the same thing. I thought all of those scenes with him were in the car where he's threatening to brand Jillian and Sally's driving were legit like again in a movie that is like uh, you know has a horror elements there's Mm -hmm. possession and ghosts and all this sort of stuff those scenes were horrifying yeah (laughs) like truly so well done and haunting and it's the way like he's he you know like when he starts strangling just all of that was so terrifying and like well done oh my god it was it was brutal and yes great and how awful it was (laughs) I also thought that trying to raise Jimmy from the dead was more intriguing and spooky than just burying him in the garden. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of, you know, we end up at the same place, basically, in the movie that we do in the book, where they do end up burying him, and then his, like, vengeful spirit is around. Yeah. But I I thought having that little kind of uh, side quest, almost. Yeah, a little interlude. Yeah, yeah. a little interlude where they try to raise him from the dead, I thought was a really good choice. Yeah. I loved the scene where Jillian puts Sally's name at the top of the phone tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go out, goes out and helps her sister get something that she's always wanted to be at the top of the phone tree. Yes. 
And I also really loved the scene where Gary is questioning people in the town and they're telling him that these women are literal witches. Yes. And he's like, he's like okay. what's happening <laughs> yeah. here? He's like, what is going on? You know, it's another thing I thought was really interesting. I seen quite a few. I was looking at some uh, IMDb reviews of this movie just to see like kind of what people thought. Mm-hmm. And one of the top reviews or one of the first reviews I saw that gave the film a pretty good score, like an eight or nine or something said that the only thing they didn't like about the movie was uh, the actor Aiden something, the guy who Mm -hmm. plays Gary. They thought his performance was too subdued and like he just kind of mumbles his way through the whole movie. And like and I thought he was perfect. Yeah. Like as that that's I I, I don't think it's the performance. It's the character. Like, yes, because he is playing kind of a character archetype. Yes. He's yeah. He's like this very laid back kind of no nonsense. Mild mannered, no nonsense detective. Southern detective who's like very, you know, he's he's like very uh, got great manners and he's like very kind and like whatever and has like a very strict set of morals and stuff but he's also like he just kind of goes with the flow and is like i don't know it seems like a very archetypal like Mm -hmm. that kind of character and i thought he played that kind of character great i don't know i was i was like i said earlier he ambles yeah he ambles and i thought yeah i thought he was perfect (laughs) at it i I don't know i was surprised that people didn't or at least again there's one review that had a lot of like likes or whatever i was like oh that's interesting all right, time to find out what the movie nailed. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Oh, we talked about uh, the the love spell with the dove near the beginning. Um, that's pretty much directly from the book and like the girls hiding and watching them do this yeah. um, and being horrified. Yeah. Uh, Jillian does elope and literally like goes out the window. Uh-huh. Um, so Jillian was blonde in the book. Uh, obviously, Nicole Kidman famously redheaded yes. in this. But Sandra Bullock is a dead ringer for the descriptions oh, yeah. of Sally in this. Because all of the descriptions of Sally are focused on like her very long, thick, dark hair. Yeah. And they nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scene where Sally can't get out of bed after Michael dies, mm-hmm. um, pretty much spot on to the book. Uh, Jillian does have a snake tattoo like on her, on her, her, it's on her wrist. Oh, cause she has, she has like a, she has like a flower or something yeah. on her chest, but it also looks like henna in the it movie, does, the yeah. one on her chest. But it looks, I think it's supposed to be a tattoo tattoo. Yeah. It's there the whole time. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, the moon with the circle around it, with the ring around it, and that means trouble. So the ring was, a sp- that wasn't just a, like a, I, I was wondering if that was like a weird like issue with like the the effect or something, but the ring was specifically because yeah. they were talking about the color of the moon a lot, but I didn't really, I didn't remember them mentioning the ring. Was the ring some that is something? I think Sally mentions the ring first, and then uh, okay. when she's with Jillian, Jillian calls it like a blood moon, I think. Yeah. She says blood something. Yeah, moon. it's red at that point, but there's also still a ring around it. Yes, there it. is. Yeah, in which the ring around the moon being like a bad omen, I I believe is an actual like folkloric okay. superstition. Interesting, yeah. That makes sense. I, I just um because I and now that I think about it, I've seen the ring around the moon yeah. before. I just yeah, never it's like a it's like an um atmospheric yeah, yeah, yeah. thing For, like yeah, phenomenon yeah. that yeah. happens yeah when the weather is a certain way yeah uh, the flowers do grow like crazy where they buried Jimmy. a red sun rises blood has been spilled this <laughs> night Anyways, yeah. uh, and there are also toads around him around where they buried yes. him 
Uh, I love the little scene in the movie. I don't know if this is, comes from the book at all. I, this is great. I forgot about this. I just wanted to mention, speaking of the toads, when they have Jillian's possessed body in the lazy boy, mm-hmm. and then the, the uh, Sally's daughters push it across the living room, and the trail of toads yeah. like trails out from behind <laughs> it. I thought that was not in the book, I assume. No. Uh, this is so good. Um, Gary does ultimately use Jimmy's ring to like fake his death. To like come yeah, up with yeah. a body like, to clear, oh, yeah, a, to clear suspicion from. We found a body a that was body only the, identifiable yeah. by the signature ring yeah. that he always wore. Yeah, I see you, Mister Detective. Yeah, uh, and the book and the movie end with the same lines. Well, what was that? I don't recall. There are some things, after all, that Sally Owens knows for certain. Always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Add pepper to your mashed potatoes. Plant roses and lavender for luck. Fall in love whenever you can. There you go. Not exactly like verbatim. I think they nixed the part about the mashed potatoes. I say I don't remember the mashed potatoes part because like mostly the same. Yeah, very very similar. It's not exactly identical. All right, we got a handful of odds and ends before we get to the final verdict. So I, I wanted to mention this because this is, I, this goes back to what I was saying about like I think one of the reasons this movie works, especially for you know me and us now, is that because we have this cultural kind of media, mm-hmm. media soup soup that we've absorbed over the years of like witches and stuff. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that in this movie the the dynamic is some young girls going to be raised by a eccentric two eccentric witch ants who uh. Uh, who are so basically like Sabrina is mm-hmm. like, you know, Sabrina is maybe the most famous example of this. I'm sure there are countless others. Um, but we, you know, we watched uh, the chilling tales of Sabrina, which is like the Netflix original based on the yeah. Archie comic or whatever. And then obviously the, was it Disney or Nickelodeon that did, um, that was ABC or ABC really, yeah. um, that did, uh, Sabrina, the teenage, Sabrina, Witch, the teenage Witch, Witch back in the nineties, um, with Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, but point being, um, it's, you know, a, a young witch going to be raised by her two witch ants. And and in this film, they even the two ants even have a very similar dynamic, I feel mm-hmm. like, to Hilda and Zelda from Sabrina, where Zelda is very, very similar or reminds me a lot of Stocker Channing's, whichever, whatever her name is. And um, Hilda's character reminds me of the other one where like in this movie, um, oh, what's her name? Catherine Wheat? or something i can't remember but stocker channing's character is like very kind of like brash and mm-hmm. um you know says what she's thinking and is kind of a little colder at times but is like you know you know that sort of thing and then the other one is very warm and friendly and it's like always wants to cook something and is like oh are you hungry i'll make you know like th- their dynamic feels very similar and i just thought yeah. that was very interesting and I, I was like this i guess this is just kind of like an archetypal thing with witches i don't know i just <laughs> yeah i well i think it's a i think it comes from you know years and years of associating like spinster women yeah with with witchcraft yes. and witches um and, and and you know uh i'm not saying that this is necessarily the case in this situation um or for sabrina because they're literally they're related. literally related yes. you know or, or at least that's what we're told, that's what we're told yes. um but I think we're also yes. playing into kind of like 
older queer yes. stereotypes of like these two women who, who are best they're friends. best friends yeah. or their sisters yeah. or they their roommates. Yes, you know exactly. Two no, gals I, being pals. Yes. Uh, no, totally, totally buy into that. And yeah, in this instance, it's a little different because they are specifically related or, you know, they're literally sisters. Um, but or at least, again, we're told they're sisters and we assume they are. Um, but again, the thing that struck me more than like the, yeah, two, I, the two women, which is like raising a younger witch like that. Mm-hmm. I, sure. It was specifically like the character dynamics of the two ants yeah. and that they were ants. And yeah, just how similar, like how they, the, Again, their dynamic felt so similar to like Zelda and Hilda. Yeah, from and I, I mean Sabrina. That could just be a reference to, to the Archie comics. Yeah, yeah, to the Archie comics, or even to the show. To the show, yeah. Because the show had been running, I think, for a couple years before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is '98, so yeah. that it came out. So yeah. I I put this here because I kind of had like mixed ish feelings on it. I really liked the design of the house in the movie. Like I said, it is much lighter and brighter than mm-hmm. what's described in the book, which I think we that was mentioned in yeah that one thing in the prequel I read. But. Yeah, um, which I also think could have been cool if it had been more along the lines of like a haunted witchy house. Yeah. I think it would have given a much different vibe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I do lo- really like what the movie did. Uh, dream house. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really loved the music throughout the film, the mm-hmm. soundtrack. So not only the score is really good, but then also they have some great needle drops throughout. Um, there's a great Joni Mitchell yeah. needle drop at one point. We uh, get, Stevie uh, Nicks, obviously. Stevie <laughs> Nicks, and then we get, um, uh, this kiss, which yeah. is uh, is that Faith Hill or is that who is? Oh, I want to say that's Faith Hill. I think yeah, it's Faith Hill. Um, uh, very uh, witchy soundtrack yes, overall. It's fantastic, but I, I thought the score was just great. I really loved. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the music throughout the film. Yeah, every October, the main theme from this movie trends oh, on TikTok. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, speaking of more aesthetics, the the ants' wardrobes in this movie are incredible yes both of theirs particularly yes. stalker channing but both of theirs are just and everybody honestly the styling for everybody is no, great this movie is aesthetic goals it's incredible this is yeah. everything i've ever wanted yeah it doesn't yeah <laughs> totally yeah it's like <laughs> it amazes me that you hadn't seen this movie until we watched it because it's like your whole personality is i was like just this absorbing movie. it through cultural <laughs> osmosis yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild uh and, to be uh, you know a little horny for a minute good lord nicole kidman in this movie uh, nicole kidman was good like, lord look nothing against sandra bullock at all she's she also looked, she stunning and gorgeous too. yeah she looks stunning but nicole kidman, nicole kidman, kidman looked ethereal yes. she looked like she came from another plane yes it's wild uh, but also Stalker Channing in this movie. Uh, Holy Channing, shit. <laughs> listen, Stalker Channing is a stone cold fox. Yes. And I want to be her character in 20 years. I approve. Because <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. She is. Yep. There was one moment um, that kind of made us laugh during the really intense part when Jimmy had kidnapped them. Um, oh yeah! So they, we we <laughs> open up on the scene, and the car is stopped. Yes, and both of them are in the car. Yeah, and Jimmy is like twenty feet away, like yeah. peeing on the curb. I was even more than twenty. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like a, a he's good like twenty yards away. away. Yeah, and I, we were both like, just, just drive away, drive away, just, just drive, just pedal to the metal, just drive. Yeah, just go. Yeah. What's he gonna do? Yeah, 
He can't get you. And does he know anything about, like, could he even find them? I guess you would be worried he could find But you're also witches. Like, you yeah. Can fi- yeah, I don't know. I you just, can figure that out. Just get away just from the man. drive away, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy to me that they were like, nah, we're going to, yeah, just drive away. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Seemed real. Maybe, like, the biggest, quote, unquote, plot hole in yes. the whole movie. <laughs> just, <laughs> they, like. They, they weren't just, just like. drive away. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was a little bit of um, plotting and paying off that I appreciated in this movie. So we see when Sally is writing a letter to Jillian after her husband dies, we see her using magic. Like, it almost seems kind of unconscious. Yes, she does numerous we, times Yeah, throughout we the see movie, her yeah. using magic to stir her drink. Yeah. Like, we see the spoon moving. Um, and then later on, when she's uh, putting the belladonna into Jimmy's bottle of tequila, we see her use magic to like very violently stir it up because she's scared. Um, but I, I appreciated that. Yeah, no, I thought that was good. Um, and then my last, uh, oh, also she stirs, uh, uh, that's one of the things that really tips Gary off that yes, she's a witch. He, he sees, sees her, her stirring yeah, her coffee. he sees her doing that as well. Uh, there was one other quote I wanted to see if you could remember if it was from the book or not. This has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. I will fight every fucking, <laughs> what is happening? Um, no, but there's one other quote I wanted to see if it came from the book, uh, if you can remember very specifically, because it's a great quote, and I, I'm sure you would remember it uh, if you, if it did come. Oh, it was, uh, since when is being a slut a crime in this family? That's not the one I was like, but that's the specific line from the thing. Uh, where was the other one? Uh, it was a line after, it's when the ants come back home. Um, where was that line at? They come back home, and and Jet says... And this is what comes from dabbling. I mean, you can't practice witchcraft while you look down your nose at it. I wanted to know if that came from the book, because I thought that line was really good. I do not recall okay. that being in the book. All right. That was just another line that came to my mind. Uh, because we were talking about her using mm-hmm. magic, like, kind of yeah. absentmindedly, but, like, also eschewing magic and stuff. I, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, my last note is I, literally the last thing I wrote. I was like, this movie is truly great. Again, I will fight every <laughs> every critic who gave this movie a ride. I just don't. It blows my mind. I thought this movie was just fantastic. Yeah, I, don't, I thought it was incredible. Anyways. All right. Before we wrap up, we want to remind you, you can do it a giant favor by heading over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, any of those places. Please let us know what you thought of Practical Magic. Uh, it sounded like people were excited to hear us talk about yeah. this because we had lots of people saying, I love this movie. And I, I get it now. And now that we've watched <laughs> it. But yes, uh, let us know what you thought about Practical Magic. We'll talk about that on our next prequel episode. Uh, if also, if you want to do us a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. Drop us a little five star rating write us a nice little review we would appreciate that and then finally if you want to support us even more monetarily you head over to patreon.com slash this film is lit get us uh five bucks a month you get access to bonus content we put out a bonus episode every month where we talk about something fun uh that is not based on a book or sometimes it is but in general not based on a book we just did the adventures of Tintin, which is based on graphic novels or something i don't know comics comics or something like that um but we just talked about that last month we'll have another uh what are we doing for black swan black swan for october black swan will be out here before too long because we got to do that before we go on our honeymoon yeah yeah (laughs) that's another thing we got to do before we go on our honeymoon there are a million things on the list of eight thousand things um so yeah uh, we're gonna do that very soon here uh but yeah and then at the 15 dollar and up per month level you get access to priority recommendations so if you have something you would really like for us to talk about you can give us 15 bucks a month stick around for a few months and then request it and we'll throw it on our list as soon as we can get to it katie it's time for the final verdict no 
Are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterward. Practical Magic is an interesting case where the book and the movie share a lot of similarities, but they also aren't very much alike. The book is a much more sprawling story. We spend a lot of time in Sally and Jillian's childhood and adolescence. We get to know Sally's daughters a lot more, and they're teenagers. The movie actually aged them down. And we also get backstories and asides with other secondary characters. The kind of sprawling, jumping-around nature of the book actually kind of reminded me of Dr. Sleep, interestingly enough. Uh, in contrast, the movie pulls its focus in on the plotline with Jimmy and his vengeful ghost. Another big way that the movie, the, the book differs from the movie is that the ants are almost barely in the book. They're almost more like mythic figures from Sally and Jillian's childhoods most of the time. We don't even actually learn their names until they come to the rescue at the very end of the story. And the final major way that the book differs from the movie is in its depiction of magic. The book employs what I like to call plausible deniability magic. Strange things happen, but there's not really absolute direct evidence that the characters are making those things happen. It's all plausibly deniable. <laughs> Much more grounded in reality, if you will. The movie, by contrast, leans more into direct magic, where we see a character do or say something, and then a supernatural event immediately occurs. I enjoyed the book. It had a witchy, pagan flavor that reminded me of my own experiences with witchcraft and others that I know who practice it. I wouldn't even mind reading the other books in the series. No promises. <laughs> However... The movie's utilization of the ants as more active characters, the more focused plot, and the additional whimsy and general aesthetic of the film put it above the book for me. So this time, I'm going to have to give it to the movie. There you go. The other thing I just remembered I wanted to talk about that we didn't, and I don't think we, I don't want to get into a whole other thing. That I, I, a whole thought I had about, and that I really, one of the reasons I really loved the movie is that the whole thing is just like the whole, especially the whole exorcism at the end and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. is all just an allegory for getting out of um, abusive relationships and, the, and mm -hmm. the, the sisterhood that pulls her out of it. It's just like, there's this whole sort of allegory envelop allegory enveloping the whole thing. And, and it's all, I don't know. I maybe we'll talk about more of that in the, in the next prequel episode, but I just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there that I really loved kind of symbolically what the movie was yeah. doing with the witchcraft, with um, all of the women at the end, with what happened to Jillian and, and literally pulling this venom of this man out of her. I just, oh, anyways, that was all great. Anyways. Yes. The movie's incredible. <laughs> Katie, what's next? Up next, uh, we're tackling a horror classic that we somehow have not gotten to. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Stephen King's Carrie. Hey, Carrie. And the 1976 film yes, adaptation. The yeah, not the, not the not the newer one. Chloe Grace I I got the vibe that people didn't really like the newer one. Don't think one. it's got great reviews though. <laughs> so, yes, definitely doing uh the 76 version. It'd be interesting. I I know nothing about this. I did a spoof uh for work of one of the scenes <laughs> having not seen the movie and only well, you, knowing You spoofed the scene that everyone, everybody knows. Everybody yeah, knows. The, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the prom the, scene yeah. or whatever yeah 
Uh, yeah, but anyways, I have no idea. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see what it's actually about because I do not actually know <laughs> what this is about. I just know that scene. I have no context for what it is or anything like that. So, yeah, that'll be our next episode in two weeks' time. But in one week's time, we're doing our prequel for Carrie. We're hearing what you all had to say about Practical Magic. Uh, and maybe we'll learn something. May, uh, who knows? Maybe not. We'll pro- I bet we'll get a lot of feedback for... Yeah, we might have enough feedback that we, we don't. We probably won't have time for a learning, a, a learning thing. segment. But anyways, until that time, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and everybody else, keep reading books, watching movies, and, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome.